Welcome to the Mission Mill Spouse Podcast, the longest running podcast of its kind. Carrying on the 18-year legacy of Army Wife Talk Radio, we have now expanded our community to include all military spouses of all branches and all components. We are so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us as we empower military spouses to conquer adversity, foster confidence, and thrive in this military life. Now, here are your podcast hosts, your Mission Mill Spouse Command Team. Hello, hello. Welcome back, listeners, to your Mission Mill Spouse podcast. I am Chrissy Gibbs, Director of Development, and today I'll be hosting with my teammate and friend, Sarah Peachy, our webmaster. This is episode number 982, and with 981 previous episodes, you are bound to find nearly every topic in this military lifestyle covered at some point in our 18 years running this podcast. That's right, Chrissy. And hello, everyone. It's truly a privilege to bring you resources and support through this podcast, and today is no exception. To kick things off, we'll share some of our top resources to help you navigate this mill spouse life. Then in just a bit, we'll hear from Lindsay Rauch, our content curator, as she chats with Kate Horrell about strategies for using the post-9-11 GI Bill. So let's get started. Listeners, did you know that Mission Mill Spouse is entirely powered by volunteers and the generosity of our partners? That's right. Celebrating our partners is always a joy. And I'm eager to introduce today's Mission Mill Spouse podcast partner, Defenders Gateway. Defenders Gateway is a St. Louis-based company who is building the Defenders Network, a national network of support for all defenders and their families. So whether you are an active military, veteran, or first responder family, many of you have experienced long hours, family separations, missed birthdays, or missed special occasions. Perhaps you've experienced the trauma of violence, death, or serious injury. You have answered your nation's call. Defenders Gateway's mission is to serve and support you by growing a relevant resource hub, providing easy access to nonprofits, businesses honoring you with savings, health and wellness resources, transition and educational programs, job listings, and career opportunities. Activate your virtual ID in their app. Thank you so much to Defenders Gateway for their generous support. As a 501c3 organization, both individuals and businesses can support us in our mission to support military spouses, and we would love it if you chose to join us. Check out our website, missionmillspouse.org to donate or email partner at missionmillspouse.org for more in-depth details on our extensive partnership deliverables. Just a reminder, all donations are tax deductible and go completely towards supporting our military spouse community. Thanks again. Before we dive into today's resources, I would love to hear about the latest happenings in your household, Sarah. It's been over a year since we've been on this podcast together. So (laughs) tell me, how are things going? Things are going good. It has been so great to be back with Mission Mill Spouse and to be stepping back into this volunteer role. To be my first time back hosting, Chrissy is with you. Yay, I'm so excited. (laughs) My first time was with you, so that's perfect. Oh, wow, look at that. Um, (laughs) For anyone listening, Chrissy and I have obviously worked together before and we were stationed at Fort Leavenworth around the same time. And so we've actually had that in-person time as well as the online time, which is always fun when those two worlds kind of overlap. It doesn't happen super often in our Mission Mill Spouse command team, um, but it does happen every now and then. And I love to see when we get together. Absolutely. How is life in Germany? You guys have been there for what? We're close to a year now. A year, sheesh. Yes, it's gone by way too fast, to be quite honest. And we're (laughs) actually looking at potentially only one more year here. So we're trying so hard to get it to be extended. It's just so much fun. Yeah, I know. I mean, we, we did three years there um, from 2016 to 2019. So um, we were down in Hohenfels, which actually isn't too far from Graf. And yes, it was, it was the, the time just goes so fast because you are so busy doing all the things. Um, But what was your last trip? Where's the last place you guys went? So we literally just got back from Slovenia and it was probably our favorite trip. It was just relaxing. We were down on a lake and I mean, the views are just gorgeous. They're outstanding. So wonderful. Just a wonderful, um, this was our Memorial Day weekend trip. So it was just a Mm -hmm. great little three-day weekend to a different country. (laughs) Yeah. So weird. So weird to hop to Slovenia, you know, no big deal. (laughs) 
you know, back in the States, we traveled a lot too. That would be the same as just saying, you know, we just went to Texas this this weekend or whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, how about you? Did you have any fun long weekend plans? Yeah. So we actually have family visiting. And so it's, it's nice. My, my parents are here. So they drove the the 12 hours down to Georgia from Pennsylvania. We're, we're outside Fort Stewart. So um, they've been here for that. And it's, it's kind of fun when people come visit, you know, because we kind of, we show them around. And so we get to become tourists in our own little that town. That is so fun. Yes. Yeah. And so you kind of realize the little things that you have. We are only 20 minutes from downtown Savannah. So it is, it's really fun to just have that whole city at your fingertips. You know, the river life right there. Um, you also oh, have gosh, like, the it's beaches. gorgeous there. Yeah. Yes. And the beaches that we love Tybee. And so Tybee is just an hour. And so it's really nice. It's, it's great. It's like a long vacation. Oh, as always, it's been so fun to catch up with you, but now it's time to check in with this week's resource recon. So this week we're highlighting one of our core values here at Mission Mill Spouse, which is solidarity. Our director of content recently wrote a blog that was titled Solidarity, We've Been There, You Aren't Alone. Here's a little peek at it. Why feeling alone is okay sometimes. One, being alone can breed confidence, which leads to empowerment. Two, every time you accomplish something you think you couldn't do, you are reminded where your strength comes from. Three, life is a balance. We need the valleys to appreciate the mountaintops. It fills your empathy cup so you can understand what others go through. She continues to list some of the best ways to find solidarity through the tough times. And she has so many great examples from actual military spouses. It is a constant reminder that you're never alone in this military journey. I found this, um, this blog was just amazing because honestly, this is kind of the epitome of a military spouse and just the fact that you always think that you're alone, but really everyone is going through the exact same thing with you almost. Mm -hmm. And she just really hits the nail on the head here with just, just being alone is okay sometimes, but know when you need to reach out and find, find that support in those tough times. What did you think? That's exactly it. And, you know, I'm an introvert, so I am someone who is very happy to be by myself, to do things on my own. But every time, it doesn't matter what you're facing within mill spouse life, something is always going to force you to stand with other people. You're always going to have to lean on each other. And so, you know, I think back to different times of like Oconus periods where you're new, you're in this foreign country and you're neighborhood or your street or your neighbors are almost like family members to you then. Everybody's stepping up at different times to help each other and just be a listening ear. And so that solidarity really comes in strong. Yeah. I think it's important that they really, you know, you felt once, like you said, you felt like you were alone or you didn't have anybody. So then in that reason, like you reach out to the new people because you see them kind of struggling sometimes mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I've been that person. So you want to help them out. And you just kind of cyclical. It keeps going that way, which is so amazing that people are able to step in and like you said, become the family that you don't have nearby. Yep. And the other way we can step in and find that solidarity is within some of the members of our own Mission Mill Spouse command team. So next up is our Empowerment Patrol Report, followed by our weekly Moxie Minute. And finally, our top stories from our new six correspondent. We here at Mission Mill Spouse never doubt the strength of our military spouse tribe. Here is our Director of Empowerment with this week's Empowerment Patrol Report. Hello, Mission Mill Spouse listeners. This is your Director of Empowerment, Amanda Bickneys, bringing you this week's Empowerment Patrol Report. Today, we are showcasing our Everyday Empowerment recipient, Elena Mayer, who was nominated by Will Browning. Will shares Elena and her wife Meg have created an amazing yoga platform that brings affordable wellness, fitness, mindfulness, meditation, and nutrition to our wives for basically free. I think it's roughly $10 a month, but through the digital programs they have made with Evolution Go, my wife's depression and anxiety is almost gone. My wife has a morning ritual that involves getting the kids ready for school, seeing them off, then taking an hour for herself to do her morning yoga class. Evolution Yoga's EvoGo platform not only helps our military wives in Pennsylvania, but other local groups too. 
They are an LGBT plus safe community that works with underprivileged communities, the women's hospital, a retirement facility to provide chair yoga. They do athletic programs with local sports programs and larger ones like the DC Eagles of the USAFL. The two owners have an open door policy, put their money where their mouth is, and lead from the front in serving the Central PA community. If you like yoga, you should try their programs. Baptiste Power Yoga, Chair Yoga, a slow refresh that's like an hour of yoga nap time, and everything they do gets saved so you can literally redo your favorite session anytime you want. On behalf of Mission Mill Spouse, thank you so much, Elena, for doing your part to empower military families all across the globe. Until next time, I'm Amanda Bickneys reminding you that empowered spouses empower spouses. Unlike our calendar plans, our commitment to serve military spouses is written in ink. Now continuing our 18-year legacy is Mission Mill Spouse Deputy Director of Empowerment with this week's Moxie Minute. Hello, everyone. It's Amy here, and I've got a Moxie Minute that is sure to leave you inspired. So I recently finished reading a fantastic book called The All-Girl Filling Station's Last Reunion by Fanny Flagg. Trust me, it's a must-read little historical fiction mixed with humor, and in the book, Flag sheds light on the incredible story of the Wasps. Short version, during World War II, women across the country were stepping up to help in any way they could, working in factories, taking on various jobs, and even learning to fly. When the word spread about these fearless female pilots and their willingness to contribute, the idea emerged to utilize them for non-combat roles, like ferrying planes from factories to military bases. This would free up male pilots for those combat missions. However, when the suggestion reached the top brass, the commanding general of the U.S. Army Air Force's General Hap Arnold dismissed the idea, saying that women pilots served no military purpose. But as the need for pilots grew, even the remarkable Eleanor Roosevelt voiced her support. She boldly stated, this is not a time when women should be patient. We are in a war and we need to fight it with all our ability and every weapon possible. Women pilots, in this particular case, are a weapon waiting to be used. And so the women Air Force Service pilots were born. They became the first women to serve as pilots and fly the military aircraft for the United States Army Air Forces. From 1942 to December of 1944, 1,074 women graduated from the training program, were stationed at 120 Air Force bases across the U.S., and flew an astonishing 60 million miles on operational flights. And tragically, 38 lost their lives while flying for the Army Air Corps. However, as the war ended, the returning men sought to reclaim their jobs. And despite efforts by that same general to have the group militarized, a smear campaign took hold and Congress denied that recognition. It wasn't until 1977 that WASPs received that military authority for their service during World War II. And in 2010, they were awarded the Congressional Gold Medal for their patriotic contributions. Honestly, I can't do justice to their incredible story in just a couple of minutes, but reading their experiences in this book truly brought these remarkable women to life. Their courage, determination, and resilience in the face of mockery, dismissiveness, and even attempts to put them back in their place, so to speak, is awe-inspiring. They paved the way for us all and truly embody the word moxie. I love this story, and I would love to know more. If anyone out there had the privilege of being related to a wasp or a new one, met one, please reach out and let us know. The Empowerment team would love to share their story. And in the meantime, I hope that each of you continue to grow in your own moxie and strengths and use them for good. Continue to help each other out as we navigate this life. And until next time, friends, moxie up. No news is typically good news in this military life, except on the Mission Mill Spouse podcast. Here is our News 6 correspondent with this week's top stories. Howdy all and buckle up for this week's News 6 update. New PCS policies pack a punch ahead of a busy summer. Tis the season for cardboard boxes and wine and solo cups. It's PCS season. Follow la la la. 
Forever keeping us on our toes, the military has decided to keep things spicy by changing some PCS policies that went into effect May 15. The policy getting the most buzz? Lithium batteries. Jason Todd, the director of Base Support Operations Transportation, 405th Army Field Support Brigade, said that effective May 15, the Department of Defense has changed up what is and isn't allowed while shipping the batteries with your personal property shipments. With the advancement of modern electronics, people have incorporated lithium batteries into their everyday lifestyles more than ever before, Todd said. But not all lithium batteries can be shipped in their personal property shipments. From now on, personal property items containing rechargeable lithium-ion batteries at 100 watt-hours or less and lithium metal batteries containing 2 grams or less of lithium content are allowed to be shipped. These include items such as cell phones, power tools, robot vacuums, digital cameras, lawn care equipment, and e-bikes. Anything over the 100 watt hours will no longer be allowed to ship. This obviously impacts our Oconus families more than Conus PCSers. If you're moving from one state to another, it's easy to throw non-approved items into the minivan along with your spouse's I love me wool items. It's a little harder to fit it into your carry-on if you're coming from Europe. Todd urges all PCSers to check the wattage of your lithium items before the movers get there and have documentation of items wattage if it is not clearly marked on the item. The contracted moving companies are responsible for the packing of lithium batteries according to applicable regulations, as well as preparing the certification documentation for the mode of shipping, said Todd. If a customer cannot identify if a battery is lithium or not, the mover will not be required to pack the battery due to the potential hazard it presents. It is important to note that if you are unable to determine the battery or cell watt hour size, they may not be accepted by the transportation service provider for movement within your shipment, Tom said. Another lithium bummer comes with the policy change of storing items with these fire hazard batteries. Lithium batteries of any kind will no longer be allowed in long-term storage. However, short-term storage is still allowed. While this policy might be an inconvenience to an already chaotic PCS cycle, I think we've all seen the pictures of moving vans rolling down the highway in flames like a terrible rock album cover. Your IKEA couch will be a little safer without your robot vacuum combusting. Find out more at army.mil. Marines honored for heroism in Sudan. Navy Secretary Carlos del Toro presented the Marine Corps Achievement Medal to 11 Marines for their efforts in evacuating the American Embassy in Sudan during the military crisis the country started experiencing in April. The example that you have set protecting the life of the ambassador and the lives of all the people who were at the embassy has been nothing short of extraordinary, Del Toro said, according to the release. I wanted to make sure that before you left this building and head on to other assignments that I came here today to look you in the eye and say thank you. These Marines don't have much time to celebrate this honor, however, as they have already been assigned new countries to continue their embassy security program tenure. A 12th Marine was awarded an even higher medal, Navy Marine Corps Commendation Medal, awarded to service members who act in a manner above that normally expected and sufficient to distinguish the individual above those performing similar services. This award went to the detachment commander, Staff Sergeant Derek Ferrari. While the country fell into turmoil, these Marines spent 24 hours a day preparing the embassy for evacuation while also keeping guard. The days leading up to the evacuation, they averaged three hours of sleep a day. All the Marines, we took care of each other that entire time, said Longstreet, one of the Marines, told Marine Corps Times. All of us made sure that we had a sense of humor. We were always there for each other. Some of us were cooking meals for each other. It was a full team effort. Detachment did exactly what is expected of U.S. Marines during a time of uncertainty, said Ackley, another of the honored Marines. And being awarded for that by the SEC Nave means a lot to myself and the rest of the detachment. Congratulations to the Marines for a job well done and lots of luck on a hopefully more peaceful new embassy job. Find out more at MilitaryTimes.com. Ultra Runner Air Force Pilot Takes on the Sahara Major Chas Kabanek added a checkmark to a pretty impressive bucket list, Marathon de Sable in the Moroccan Sahara. A grueling six-day, approximately 250-kilometer ultramarathon, the instructor pilot, who calls Laughlin Air Force Base in Texas home, completed what many call the toughest foot race on Earth in 43 hours, 18 minutes, and 22 seconds. 
They know exactly how to challenge you on every level of your being, physically, emotionally, spiritually, he said of the race in a recent interview with Air Force Times. It is a mental game from the beginning to the end. The grueling race has gone on annually for 37 years and consists of five legs in five days, with a charity race tacked on to the sixth day. Out of the 1,100 people who started the race this year, only 765 finished. This is not the first time he has shined in the ultra-running world. He has won the Arkansas Traveler 100-miler two years in a row and came in sixth in the Badwater Ultra Marathon in Death Valley. Due to work constraints and injuries due to running, the pilot could not train in earnest until February of this year. I pretty much ran 50-mile weeks from the middle of February until the end of March, and then I got one 85-mile weekend, he said. I just decided I'm going to do the best I can with the best training that I've got. It was straight mental fortitude. I'd go to my car, take my flight suit off, put my shoes on, and go running from the parking lot before doing anything else. The Air Force granted him three weeks of leave to prepare for and complete the race, and he landed in Morocco two days before the start. And in typical military fashion, he arrived to a sandstorm. Other challenges that faced him had to do with the course itself. As it is a desert, there are no roads, so the runners ran across the sand with rocks and sticks as markers. He had to carry all his heavy equipment with him and had to provide and carry all his food. Temps got as high as 120 degrees and as low as 50. Of these challenges, he said, I know how to ruck. I know how to go without food. I know how to live in a tent and get my butt kicked. And I know how to go from surviving to thriving, he said. The Air Force provided me with all these templates. Congratulations, Major Kabanek. You rock in the air and on the ground. Find out more at airforcetimes.com. This Day in History. On June 5th, 1968, Robert F. Kennedy was assassinated. He was shot by Sirhan Sirhan at the Ambassador Hotel and died the next day. At the time he was shot, he was shaking the hand of 17-year-old busboy Juan Romero. Kennedy was a United States Senator and candidate in the 1968 Democratic Party presidential primaries. He was also, of course, John F. Kennedy's brother. He was at the hotel to address his campaign supporters. Sirhan was a Palestinian Zionist who proudly claimed at his trial that the assassination was the result of 20 years of thought and malice. He was sentenced to death, but a few years later, it turned into a life sentence. He is still alive and has appealed for parole 17 times. It has been refused every time. This assassination prompted secret services to extend their services to presidential candidates. The 1960s were not a great time to be a Kennedy or to be in power in general, as there are considered to be four great assassinations of the 60s, this being one of them. It's also National Bikini Day. Sorry, y'all. Tried to end on a high note, but that's all I got. This has been Emma Tai with New Six, where information empowers. It's true, listeners. No news is good news in military life, except for when it's coming from our Mission Mill Spouse News 6 correspondent. Thank you, Emma, for always keeping us in the need-to-know news loop. Also, thank you to our Empowerment Empowerment Branch members, Amanda and Amy, for encouraging our Mill Spouse hearts on this challenging yet adventure-filled journey. Let's take a quick break, then stay tuned for today's main event with Lindsay and Kate chatting about the GI Bill. I can't wait. Mission Mill Spouse, formerly known as Army Wife Network, is continuing our exceptional and long-standing legacy. Now serving all spouses of all branches, we are the longest-running military spouse podcast currently broadcasting our 18th season. In fact, we will break 1,000 episodes in 2023. Don't miss an installment. Subscribe on our website, missionmillspouse.org, or catch our twice-weekly podcast on the podcast app of your choice, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. Remember, we've been there. You aren't alone. We've got your six. Welcome, Mission Mill Spouse podcast listeners. I'm Lindsay Rauch, your content curator here at Mission Mill Spouse, and I'm excited to be bringing you today's episode that will empower and educate you. Today's guest is Kate Horrell, retired Navy spouse and personal financial educator. Kate Horrell is an accredited financial counselor who helps the military community make the most of their pay and benefits. Not only does she have 10 years of experience working with military families, she also has a personal understanding of the concerns of military families 
who are currently serving or who have separated from the military, as she has spent over 28 years roaming the globe with her now retired sailor. Kate, welcome to Mission Mill Spouse Podcast. Great to be here. So I'm so excited to jump in today's interview because this is such an area that I feel like people have so many questions on and we just could use so much education on. And so before we jump into all the wonderful information you're going to share, I'm interested to hear how you got interested in this subject and where did you gain your expertise? I initially became interested in the ins and outs of the GI Bill when we had probably our third child and I rapidly realized that we were not going to be prepared to pay for college for three children on a military income if we weren't really looking at all of our options. And um, in 2009, the GI Bill became transferable and we thought, oh, this is going to be a tool that we can use in our toolkit to get all these kids through college. As a financial educator, I'm already spending a lot of time digging into the nuts and bolts of all different kinds of government benefits and programs. So this was just another area for me to start picking people's brains and reading articles and digging around the VA's website to really learn. And then we have now put four kids through college and the GI Bill has been one of the resources we've used to pay for it. Wow, that is so encouraging to me as a new mom because right now I only have one son. And so when I think about the future in college, it can be super intimidating. So to hear you've successfully done it for four kids is just amazing. So And many people, I don't even think, know, can use their GI Bill for someone else in their family besides themselves. So can you give us a brief summary of who has a GI Bill and who can use it? Yes. So um, just to be clarify, today we're talking about the post 9-11 GI Bill. Every service member has access to the post 9-11 GI Bill, provided they have service since 2001. There are also service members who have the Montgomery GI Bill, but that's not what we're talking about today. The GI Bill benefits can be transferred to eligible service members. There are service requirements to make a transfer. The service member must have served at least six years. And when they make that transfer to an eligible beneficiary, which is basically who is on their um, years record, They must serve four years in order for that. They have a four-year service obligation for that transfer to be considered complete. Now, the spouse does not need to wait for that four years to be up in order to use that benefit. But for children, the service member must have completed 10 years of service. That doesn't mean they have to complete their service obligation because perhaps they didn't transfer the benefits till year nine. But there is a 10-year of service for children to use those transferred benefits. Okay, that's a really important caveat to know and something I personally hadn't heard of before either. So just to recap what you said, the service member themselves, the obligation is at least four years of service. But if you would like to transfer it to a child, then the service time would have had it been 10 years unless there was an early separation for a specified reason. Is that correct? Not quite exactly. Um, The service member does, the service member, once they have earned it, which they are, they have earned it fully. This is such a complicated topic and we're really not going to be able to get into all of the ins and outs of it. But um, at three years of service, the service member has earned it completely, belongs to the service member. The additional service obligation comes into play when they want to transfer it to a spouse or a child. When they do a transfer, they initiate, they um, are incurring a four-year service obligation. So that's the very summary of it. Got it. That helps clarify a lot. Great. And what does the GI Bill offer? So the post-9-11 GI Bill offers pretty expansive array of benefits. The service member earns 36 months of benefits. And those benefits include tuition, a monthly housing allowance, and also a books payment. There are a few other small programs like tutoring and transportation if you live in an exceptionally remote area, but the 
tuition, books, and housing allowance are the key benefits. And why do families, what kind of things do they need to think about when they are thinking of using the GI Bill? So the most important thing about using the GI Bill, wow, there's really more than one most important thing. The first thing is to make sure that the benefits have been properly transferred and that the service obligation has been met. It is a very sad but true situation that every year families get, a, many years later, might get a bill from the VA that says you use the GI Bill, but you didn't serve your four years. And obviously, that's not a situation that anyone wants to get into. Then they also need to make sure they understand the rules and how it works. It is not a terribly complicated program, but it's also not obvious. There are many resources. Um, every school has what's called a school certifying official, who is the liaison between the school and the VA, who can answer questions. I've even called school certifying officials at schools that I don't have students at to try to hear the answer a different direction if I maybe am confused about something. One of the things I emphasize in my practice is that a lot of families think, oh, we have the post 9-11 GI Bill. And let's say we have 36 months and we have two children that these benefits have been transferred to. We will use 18 months for child A and we will use 18 months for child B. And while there's nothing wrong with doing it that way, it's not the way to make the most of that benefit. There are a lot of strategies and tips and tricks that you can use to stretch that benefit to to decrease your family's total cost of the college experience for your kids. Another thing that I find families sometimes don't think about is that often the best use of the GI Bill is not to save it for the kids. It might be for the service member to get an advanced degree, perhaps after they leave the military and they no longer have tuition assistance, or maybe the military spouse would benefit from some more education. And then they can use that higher income of either of those two people to pay for the kids' college down the road. And that may be something that makes more sense depending on a lot of variables that they have going on in their lives and their whole picture. That makes a lot of sense. And I appreciate you covering different factors to think about because especially you know, jumping into the GI Bill and thinking, do we transfer it? Do we not? Um, those are some pretty important factors to kind of review as a family. Like you said, maybe it's not the best to save it for the child, but the family could actually benefit the most from the service member or maybe saving it for the child is the best. So I think those are really good factors to kind of run through because as you mentioned, each family is going to have specific needs, but also specific goals you know, as husband and wife or partners and then for their future children. So, Kate, I just want to thank you so much for sharing information on the GI Bill and what it offers to military members and their family. It sounds like the post 9-11 can make a huge difference on how it helps military families pay for college. Listeners, if you would like to learn more about how being strategic on how to use the GI Bill to save your family money, you can connect with Kate on Facebook using her handle, Kate Horrell Finance Expert or visit her website, katehorrell.com. Stay tuned for the rest of our interview with Kate and her suggestions on looking at ways to avoid making mistakes with how to use the GI Bill after this commercial break. Our sponsor is Defenders Gateway, a St. Louis-based company who is building the Defenders Network, a national network of support for all defenders and their families. Whether you're an active military, veteran, or first responder family, many of you have experienced long hours, family separations, missed birthdays, or special occasions. Perhaps you've experienced the trauma of violence, death, or serious injury. You have answered your nation's call. Defenders Gateway's mission is to serve and support you by growing a relevant resource hub, providing easy access to nonprofits, businesses honoring you with savings, health and wellness resources, transition and educational programs, job listings, and career opportunities. Activate your virtual ID in the app. 
Download today as thousands more resources are coming, including the new Defenders Gateway chat and Kids Corner. Find the Defenders Gateway app at Google Play Store or Apple Play Store. Our mission is to globally empower military spouses with resources and support to conquer adversity, foster confidence, and thrive in this military life. Whether you are an individual, a Fortune 500 company, or somewhere in between, join us on our mission. Make your tax-deductible contribution at missionmillspouse.org, or if you're a business interested in sharing your product or services with our more than 100,000 followers, email partner at missionmillspouse.org. Military spouses around the world, thank you for your support. Welcome back, listeners. We're continuing our conversation with Kate Horrell, accredited financial counselor and personal financial educator, who is here today to talk to us about college funding strategies. Let's jump back into our conversation. So what are some common mistakes, Kate, you see people make when using the GI Bill? First mistake is not transferring it as soon as they're eligible to do so. Sometimes families have the idea, oh, we're eligible to transfer at six years of service, but our kids are only two and four, and I'm going to do a 20-year career. And a lot of times that 20-year career might get derailed. And because there is a four-year service obligation, you want to go ahead and make that transfer as soon as you can. Perhaps many families might not, service members may not have an eligible person to transfer it to at six years of service. So once they gain an eligible beneficiary, whether it's a spouse or a child, go ahead and initiate that transfer immediately. When you do that, you may only be transferring the benefits to one person, but Um, Your service obligation will start. And if you perhaps have another child, you can add them under that same transfer without incurring an additional service obligation. The other mistake we were talking about is necessarily having a very narrow vision of how they can use their GI Bill benefits. There are so many nuances to it that you really have to consider a wide variety of factors to decide how how this GI Bill is going to work out best for you. Do you have any quick tips that you can think of that can help families who maybe don't know what to expect? The first one is to start your learning about the GI Bill long before you expect to actually be using it. Obviously, if you have a service member or spouse who's decided to go back to school in the fall, you don't have a long runway to really become knowledgeable. But if you've got smaller children, you can start, you know, noticing when there's maybe an article on the internet about it, or if your base has a class on using GI Bill benefits, go ahead and take advantage of those educational opportunities so that you're slowly building your knowledge base and you're not trying to learn a whole bunch of stuff in like a month because that's really hard, obviously. Right. Um, Another thing is to really utilize those school certifying officials because they are a great resource in helping you understand how the GI Bill works. And there are, just like in any profession, a few out there that maybe aren't as knowledgeable or really interested in their job. But for the most part, these are people doing this job because they want to support military and veteran families and they have a passion for it and therefore they've developed a pretty high level of expertise. That's really good to know because it could be hard, like you said, and especially depending on how much time someone has before they are wanting to use it, really evaluating, okay, what's my timeline look like? And then what are my available resources? So let's say, you know, a family's come up with a game plan They even have maybe a university they're looking to use. Where would you recommend they first go? What resource would you recommend? Okay, this is your first go-to. Of course, outside of wonderful podcasts like this, but where, where would you say, okay, this is your first step. This is a resource you should go to first. Yes. So again, the school certifying officials can be helpful. There are a couple of great Facebook groups that address college kids and military kids who are going to college. I imagine, you know, at any given time, you know how it is with Facebook groups, one group becomes very popular and then it becomes less popular. 
But if you do a Google search or you ask your friends, you'll be able to find those groups and the GI Bill gets discussed a lot there. Your installation probably has an education office. Almost all of them do. And the people who work there know some things about the GI Bill. Sort of look just like this podcast is one of many podcasts that provide a lot of great sources of information. They're also, you know, magazines like Military Family Magazine. There are blogs like my blog. There is military.com. All of these people talk about the GI Bill at great length. The VA's website used to be spectacular. And they're in the middle of doing this like streamlining, trying to eliminate having too many extraneous pages. But at the moment, it's a little difficult sometimes to find the information you're looking for. So I don't want to not say to go to the VA website, but just be aware that if you think there's a piece of information that should be there, perhaps it isn't. Well, and speaking of wonderful resources, you have just been such a wealth of information and such an incredible resource. So if people are just like, yes, Kate, you're speaking my language. This is what I've been looking for. This is what I needed to hear. Where can our listeners go to find out more information about your specific mission and how you help to support military spouses? Yes. So most, the primary place that you can find my information is at my blog, katehorrell.com. I also have a regular columns at military.com. Um, I was the editor there for about of, of the finance section for about 10 years. And I've once I left them full time, I've continued on as a freelance writer. So I my stuff is there pretty regularly. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook, as you mentioned, my Facebook handle. And I spent a lot of time just kind of lurking around Facebook, answering people's questions in various groups and um, you know, on my friends' pages and things like that. Awesome. Well, you definitely will be see, seeing my name come up on your Facebook because this is just totally relevant to the season that my husband and I are in. He's thinking about uh, using his TA because he's uh, still in and he'll be in for a while. But the GI Bill is a conversation that comes up a lot. Um, and I feel like I just have so much information I can't wait to share with him now at the dinner table, like, oh my goodness, we are thinking this about the GI Bill, but today I learned this. So I can't wait to continue to utilize your specific resources and just keep tapping into your wealth of knowledge. But as we wrap up our conversation, one question we always ask all of our guests is this, what is one piece of advice you would give our listeners to navigate this military life with respect in your area of expertise? That's a really good question. And the answer for me is to know that the answer is probably out there somewhere. So whether you are um, going to your installation, perhaps your family readiness center, or if you're asking your friends or searching out blogs or articles or coming to podcasts, almost every question you have about military life has probably been answered somewhere. So don't be hesitant to search for that answer, but I will give a caveat with that, that be aware of who you're getting that answer from, mm -hmm. because there is a lot of misinformation out there about military pay and benefits and veteran benefits. And sometimes it's just, you know, perhaps that person had a very different situation than you did, and therefore their experience is different than your experience is going to be, or um, I don't know if you've ever remember playing that game of telephone as a child, right? Person A tells person B something and they hear it a little differently and then they tell person C. So sometimes that happens, that information becomes inaccurate because it just gets lost in the being transferred from person to person. And also, sadly, there are some individuals and organizations out there who are purposely spreading misinformation about military and veteran pay and benefits because it's going to provide some sort of value to them. Maybe they want you to cash out your TSP to invest in their investment or something like that. So just think about the person who's providing you whatever information and be critical about whether or not they're really a reliable resource. 
That's a fantastic reminder. I uh, remember when I was working in the educational sector um, for Military One Source and their SECO and my CAA program, we came across that a lot, unfortunately, where people will literally buy URLs that, you know, say the MyCAA scholarship. And so it looks like a legit resource or information. And really, it's just private universities or educational institutions that are trying to get you to use your funding there. Uh, so I really appreciate, especially in light of the GI Bill and funding and anything to do with educational benefits, that is such a wise piece of advice. So thank you so much for sharing that. And Kate, it has really been amazing having you on our show today. Thank you so much for sharing more about the post 9-11 GI Bill and all of the many resources that help military families learn how to utilize this benefit to the fullest. As always, we thank you very much for serving our community and doing what you do so that our fellow families stay informed. Well, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here today. I could talk about this all day. <laughs> well, thank you again to today's guest, Kate Horrell. We wish her all the best as she grows with her work with military families and working on helping them to grow to their fullest financial potential and save for their futures. And now back to our host. Thank you again to Kate Horrell for sharing these empowering resources with us this week. Again, if you want to connect with Kate, you can find her on online via katehorrell.com or on Facebook at Kate Horrell Finance Expert. Wow, that was a lot of great information. Sarah, what were some of your key takeaways from the interview? I think this is such a great interview for our audience, because when you think about what military spouses encompass, we are such a wide variety of people. So, mm -hmm. and with such like age and life differences. And so you have your, you know, just out of high school spouses, you know, the ones who got married right after high school and yes, maybe are children themselves. <laughs> <laughs> but they're that typical college age, right? And so they're trying to make these big financial decisions of where to invest that money and how to use their money wisely. Yeah. Then you have those like us, Chrissy, who have multiple children. And so we have done our college time. Maybe we're thinking of another degree, but we also have kids we're trying to think of planning for and wondering yes. what our options are there. And then we have other spouses who are either continuing their education or pretending to, or preparing rather to send <laughs> their children off to go to college. And so they're trying to do the scholarship thing. And you know, I look back at what I spent when I went to college and any little bit that can kind of help support us on that mission is, is so helpful because yes. you pay, can pay for so much longer afterward. And if we can set our children up with more success or our younger spouses up with more success, then everything is so helpful. Yes. And I think this is honestly a topic that people don't talk about nearly as often as they need to. I think it's just a lot of... um I mean, it's a lot of information that is confusing to some people. And so they just mm -hmm. don't even think about it. Maybe the GI Bill isn't really used. I think it's underused, to be quite honest, or used incorrectly. And so mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting. Um, there were a lot of takeaways that I didn't even know. Like Here I was thinking, oh, I know a lot to, about this already. And then I was listening and I was like, oh, there's um, service time that you have to do. You know, I was just kind of like, oh, I need to Google more information about that. And um Mm -hmm. Specifically, like you said, obviously in my own personal situation, it's, it's, I have four children that I have to try and put through college at some point. So I was like, oh, am I going to be spreading this out amongst them? And how, how do I do this? Mm -hmm. And I, I made my husband actually listen with me <laughs> so that we can <laughs> maybe be on the same page going forward and I can send him into work and say, hey, maybe it's time to actually think about this. Because I think that was another thing. We, our kids are young. And so mm -hmm. we were like, oh, we have plenty of time. Mm -hmm. To worry mm -hmm. about that, but we really, I guess, don't. Right. It goes so fast. And yeah. you know, one day you're thinking, oh, how I gotta pay for for childcare. I gotta pay for preschool. And now you're thinking one day, oh, geez, college is not that far off. And <laughs> what are we gonna do? And I thought it was interesting when Kate said about how you could some people think, oh, well, I have two children, so why don't I just split it down the middle? Right. For them, right. And and she said that that might not be the best decision. And I was kind of surprised at that. But then I thought, OK, that might actually make sense if it's just for one. And then maybe you're saving money while using it for, for the, the other. One. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. so instead of splitting it between two kids, maybe perhaps it equals out, but without having to worry about additional service time. 
I was also thinking, I mean, it's always a possibility that one of, I do have four boys that one of them ends up going to a college that might be paid for. So I'm like, oh, I don't need to worry about that one. Who knows? I'm not quite to that point, but it's just like, (laughs) there's so many thoughts going in my head right now about (laughs) who's going to get this GI bill. (laughs) And there's, you know, it, and it is hard too, because you have the access for like tuition assistance and we have options for my CAA depending on qualifications. And now you think about GI bills. So there's a lot of stuff floating around and a lot of information out there. And I know that the education centers can be a great resource. Kate mentioned tons of other options. Um, but definitely if you are looking to use these, use these things and use them wisely, definitely seek out additional information. Um, so you know exactly how it should be used to best support your particular situation. I think that's what my next step is. I'm going to be heading into the education center here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, military spouses, that about does it for another episode of this podcast. It is a wonderful experience to bring you the content week after week and invite you into our ever expanding tribe. We love doing this so much that we produce two podcasts per week. In addition to our full-length Monday podcasts, check out our mini-casts, which drop each Thursday. Our team members share their personal military spouse experiences and fave resources they've used on their journeys. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on our website, missionmillspouse.org, or on the podcast app of your choice, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. So don't miss our next full-length episode when we chat with Kayla Marino about multiple sclerosis. This is sure to be an informative episode for our Mission Mill Spouse community. As we wrap up, we want to thank our podcast partner, Defenders Gateway, for supporting us on our journey to globally empower military spouses. Download their app today as thousands more resources are releasing soon, including the new Defenders Gateway chat and Kids Corner. You can find Defenders Gateway app at Google Play Store or Apple Store. If you or someone you know has a product or service to share with the over 100,000 followers in our network, let's partner up. You can donate on our website or email partner at missionmillspouse.org for details on partnership deliverable opportunities. Remember, we are a 501c3, so all donations are tax deductible. Finally, if you want to connect with Mission Mill Spouse beyond the podcast, subscribe to our newsletter, The Sit Rep. That's Situation Report for anyone new to our Mill Spouse neighborhood. We send The Sit Rep twice per month, showcasing our top blog posts, upcoming podcast information, exclusive giveaways, and more. To sign up, visit missionmillspouse.org. Listeners, it's truly an honor to be part of your Mill Spouse squad. We're here for you no matter what this military life might be throwing your way. We want to thank you for tuning in to this edition of our podcast. No matter what you're facing, we want you to remember, we've been there. You're not alone. We've got your six. This is your Mission Mill Spouse Command Team signing out. Thank you for tuning in to the Mission Mill Spouse podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with your tribe and leave us a five-star review. Subscribe to our podcast on the podcast app of your choice to catch episodes that drop every Monday and Thursdays each week. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, or LinkedIn at Mission Millspouse. Snag some sweet freebies by signing up for our newsletter, The Sit Rep. And finally, if you'd like to join us on our mission to serve military spouses, consider making a tax-deductible donation on our website or email partner at missionmillspouse.org. Mission Millspouse, empowering you to navigate this military life since 2005.